Walker truck to target the Sunoco refinery in southern Philadelphia. The choice of weapon was not a novel one. A tanker truck was used in the bombing of the Kobar Towers in Saudi Arabia on June 25, 1996. For that attack, terrorists had purchased a large truck used for sewage treatment and loaded it with three to 5,000 pounds of explosives. They parked the truck next to an eight-story building that housed U.S. Air Force personnel and detonated the explosive. Nineteen U.S. servicemen and one Saudi were killed, and 372 servicemen and civilians were wounded. Commercial trucks have also been used in the 2002 attack on a synagogue in Jarba, Tunisia, and in suicide bombings in Iraq, including the attack on the United Nations headquarters housed in the Canal Hotel on August 19, 2003. Thousands of tanker trucks operate in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. The older American cousin held a commercial driver's license, earned at a certified truck driving school in Elizabeth, New Jersey, and had been a truck driver for over five years. In the summer of 2006, he provided biographical information and fingerprints to the Transportation Security Administration to get a hazardous materials endorsement added to his license. Since he had no criminal record and had never been involuntarily committed to a mental institution, he had no problem obtaining the TSA endorsement. When a gasoline tanker trailer was stolen from Pensacola, New Jersey, in April 2004, the Federal Bureau of Investigation issued a nationwide alert. Law enforcement officials were worried that the tanker might be used as part of a terrorist attack. The Jersey City Group had no desire to attract this kind of attention. After they had moved to southern New Jersey, the older cousin obtained a job driving for an independent gasoline distributor. The younger cousin got a job as an apprentice painter with one of the thousand contractors who work on the Sunoco facility each day. His mission was to scout out the best target and the truck route to get to it. In the late afternoon, before the Phillies-Mets game, the older cousin drives his truck to the Valero Energy Terminal and receives a full load of premium gasoline. He will not make his first scheduled stop, a Camden area service station. Instead, he drives to a rendezvous point a few blocks away to join up with his two co-conspirators. The younger cousin is there with a pickup truck. Resting behind the cab, hidden under a tarpaulin, is a small fertilizer bomb. The British operative opens his car trunk and carefully removes two suicide vests he has constructed. Each vest is packed with explosives and armed with detonators. On the evening before, the two cousins had dressed in white, sat in front of a camcorder, and recorded their martyrdom videos. Shortly after 7 p.m., as the fans at the ballpark rise to sing the national anthem, the tanker truck and pickup cross the Delaware River. Ten minutes later, the vehicles exit Interstate 76 and head west along the street that runs parallel to the Sunoco facility. The tanker truck slows down to allow the smaller vehicle to pull ahead. As the pickup turns into the entrance, the driver accelerates and drives directly at the guard shack, detonating the explosives. The explosion knocks out the rollaway gate, allowing the larger truck unobstructed access into the facility. A moment later, the older cousin brings his vehicle to an abrupt stop near a large storage tank that is well marked with hazard placards. Crying out, Allah is great, he detonates his vest. The explosion sends up a ball of flame 200 feet high, killing everyone within 100 yards of the truck, 
immediately. The secondary explosions kill or injure many of the other employees and contractors on the facility, crippling the refinery's ability to put in place its emergency response plan. Two miles away, the fans at Citizens Bank Stadium suddenly go quiet as the concussive force and noise of the explosion reach them. The umpire calls a halt to the game as security officials scramble to get more information about what has happened. The secondary explosions have also ruptured pipelines to several smaller pressurized tanks that contain thousands of gallons of anhydrous hydrogen fluoride. The warm evening and the heat of the raging fires nearby cause the hydrofluoric acid to quickly evaporate and form a highly concentrated, colorless vapor cloud, which stays close to the ground. With the light westerly wind, the toxic plume moves slowly across the interstate and toward the blue-collar...